my God is bigger than this and he's sovereign so I can trust him in the midst of the situation. In actual fact, the word of God says, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And that means make God bigger than the problem. Sometimes we make the problem bigger than our God. And God is never smaller than your problem. Never. It's just that you, it depends on my first point, perspective of what you see. It's the truth of it. So the second key that the faith, joy-filled life in the midst of, of disappointments, in the midst of struggles, can be that God wants to fulfill a good purpose in what you're going through. So the second word is purpose. God wants to fulfill a great purpose in what you're going through. Okay, he wants to fulfill a great purpose. Romans 8.28 uses the word, and it says, We know that all things work together for good to those who what? Love God according to, uh, according to those who are called according to his what? Purpose. Did you know God's got a good purpose for you? God's not here to hit you on the head with a 4 before. He's here to give you a great purpose and to give you hope and a life. What hits you on the head with a 4 before is your consequences of what you're doing wrong. And sometimes we shake our fist at God and say, well, God, don't do that to me. You know, and also what happens sometimes is the difficulties that happen our way is because of a sinful world we live in. And that's a whole nother message, isn't it? But God says all things can work together. Did you notice it's interesting that it says all things? It doesn't just say some things. It doesn't say some things work together for good because if we had some things, we'd be spend the rest of our lives trying to work out what are the some things and what are the, what, are the th- what are the things that are working for me and what are the things that aren't working for me. No, no, no. God just puts it, got Paul to write all things. Or who wrote Romans, sorry. Yep, all things work together for good. All things, not just some things. You say, oh, I can't believe that. Well, folks, can I? you can. <laughs> it's the truth. Which doesn't, you know, the truth is when all... Th- all things can work together, which doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean everything you go through is good or pleasurable. It's not. Sometimes if you look at what at them in isolation, they're just downright bad. If you look at the issues in isolation, they're just terrible. But here's the point. Don't look at them in isolation. Don't look at them that way. So, because, you know, the truth is, it says all things can work together for good. You've got to see the bigger picture sometimes. You've got to look at all things that are happening. And this is where number one point comes in. It says you've got to see what God is doing. But all things can work together for good. Don't look at the pain in isolation because God wants to take that, that one painful moment or that one painful situation and work it together for good because by itself it's terrible. But if you let it be worked together with other things, watch what God can do if you allow Him and if you let Him invade your heart and life. Look what He can do. You know... For the sake of, not for this, you know, I don't want to emphasize this, but my wife is an incredible cook. Okay? She, she can cook. I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for my wife's cooking. I'd probably be more of a man if I'd eaten all of that she cooked. But, but I tell you what, she's a good cook. And she's taught my three daughters how to cook. And I don't think they're here this morning which is brilliant. I'll just have to watch what I say in the second service. But that, so my, she's taught them to cook and they can cook. Now, when they were younger and growing up as little girls in their early teens, there was a day came when one of my daughters, I won't say who, um, made a banana cake. It was a round banana cake. I can still see it. Um, with a, it was a hole in the middle because it was a cake, cake tin. Oh, no, no, it was a full one, I think. Was it a full one? Or 
full one. There she goes. She remembers the day. And so they made this beautiful banana cake. It was fluffy. It was light. It was big. It was risen. It was, you know, it had all, and I love banana cakes and carrot cakes besides summer rolls. Um, so just not, I'm just saying. So this day in my, in my, my, my daughter was really excited. She made her first banana cake, and she cut me a piece of it, and I was the first to take a part of it. I thought, this is a privilege. She's giving me the first option to bite into a banana cake. I take the piece of banana cake, and I take a bite, and I am, I am, I am tasting nothing but bitterness. I am just like smiling, <laughs> trying to win. Oh, this is so good, honey. I thought maybe it's just this piece, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was the whole cake, and I had to eventually say to her, being a truthful dad, um, I, this is going to hurt you, but this cake is terrible, darling. <laughs> and we had to throw it out. And we discovered the interesting thing about cakes is there's a whole lot of ingredients for banana cakes, and there's a little thing called bicarbonate soda. Now, apparently... But, you know, if you took in a, a, a spoonful of bicarbonate soda and thrust it into your mouth, you would taste nothing but bitterness. It is a terrible ingredient by itself, but that ingredient worked into a cake and do amazing things. But on my daughter's part, she'd taken not a teaspoon of bicarbonate soda. She'd taken a heaped tablespoon of bicarbonate soda and misread the instructions and poured it into the cake. And thus, it was a bitter cake. Here's the point, folks. There's, there's a lot of things that take to build a good cake. There's a lot of ingredients, but some of them are not very palatable by themselves. And I tell you what, life is not very palatable sometimes. There's situations that you just don't, they're not very nice by themselves. But I tell you, we have an incredible God. In actual fact, He's better than any person I know that can take the, in, in, the unpalatable things and work it together in, for good with other ingredients and make an incredible cake, an incredible blessing that will become on your life. Can you believe that this morning? Our God is good. And He says, all things work together for good, even though one, some of the ingredients are really terrible. And you've got to understand, this is not just a maybe, this is, this is what he does. That's why he got Paul to write that and he inspired Paul to write that. All things can work together for good. And never was there a cake like that come out of our kitchen again, because my daughter learned something. You just got to, you know, you can only put so much of the bad stuff, but God will put other stuff into the cake and make it really nice. Because bicarbonate soda, what's it do, ladies? It makes the cake rise. This, no wonder the cake looks so tall. <laughs> it was super risen. <laughs> so when Paul, coming back to what Paul said, this is why he said, my chains are in Christ. This is why Paul said, my chains are in Christ. My chains are not terrible, he said. He didn't say that. He didn't say, my chains are stopping me from doing God's will. No, he didn't say that. He says, if, if I have to live with these chains anymore, I'm just going to give up. No, he didn't say that. He says, if these chains are going to continue to be here, I'm going to be in this prison. I'm just going I, to write a really filthy letter to the, to the Roman you know, Herod one day. No, he didn't say that. I'm just going to write a blog and tell everybody how miserable I am and tell everybody else out there what's happening to me. I'm going to go on Facebook and tell everybody. I'll tell you what, don't do it. Don't do it. It just makes you bitter and grumpy about life. Paul said, you know what? My chains are in Christ Jesus. My chains 
my chains are in his grace. He knows what's happening. You know, what an incredible answer. He didn't understand. Paul didn't understand what was happening to him or why it was happening to him at first. But, and probably never. But he did understand that God could work his chains out for good. God can work your situation. That's why he said, my chains are in Christ and not my chains are terrible and all the other stuff. God is going to mix it together. So if, if your life right now is not good or there's something happening that's not good, as you present it to Christ and realize he's sovereign, he's amazing, God is going to mix it with other stuff and it's going to be good in the end. And if it's not good, it's not the end. So Paul wouldn't have known this, but his season of confinement in prison 2,000 years later, because he thought the letter was just being written to a group of um, Christians in Philippi. No, no, no. It was being put, it slotted into a book called the Bible that would, hundreds of years later they would put together all these letters and amazing. And then it would be presented as the Bible for humanity or God's word for humanity. And 2,000 plus years later, you and I would get to read it and understand, wow, we can, even though we may feel like sometimes the difficulty is all, all encompassing, we have a God that is all and powerful. Amazing. And so we see, if you, can't, and if you can't see the answer right now, well, just hang around long enough because uh, the result might be bad in the moment, but add it with God's blessing or God's grace or whatever God wants to do, and it can turn around for good. So, because, so not only is it perspective and what we focus, but it's also His purposes that He wants to fulfill you. Here's the third thing. Third thing about Paul having a faith, joy-filled life, despite the difficulties found in verses 15 to 18. Let me read them again. Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy, and some strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. Um, but the, the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? What am I to do? What shall I do? Some have goodwill, some have ill will towards me, some are... Some are, you know, sharing Jesus in the right heart. Some aren't. What am I to do? If I was Paul, I would have wrote this. Nothing. Don't sweat the small stuff. But this is what he wrote. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. In this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. What I'm saying is Paul was preaching about Jesus. People were preaching out of Jesus about Jesus out of selfish ambition. And if you look at the context of what he's saying, there were some people who obviously had a problem with their ego and their selfish ambition. And they said, look, look at us. Paul's in prison, but we're preaching Christ and we're having influence and we're touching people's lives. Paul, you're not really needed. Paul, you're really... What they were trying to say is, just feel rejected, Paul, in prison. Just feel out of the game. You've lost it. We're taken over from here. Basically, that's what they were saying. And you know what, Paul? They didn't realize who they were speaking to because Paul was a dead man, not physically. He died to his selfish ambition. He died to his ego a long time ago because it says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer either live but Christ that lived within me is that your testimony today when something comes up that personally wants to attack you does that what your is that your heart I, you can have that attitude because I want to tell you Paul was saying you know what I, I, there's no use me starting a blog about these people and telling everybody warm up these people or you know look out for these people who are preaching Christ out of you know trying to attack me and trying to make me miserable because I'm not I'm not buying into it I'm, I'm unoffendable 
and I'm not going to get involved in that. In other words, the truth is to maintain joy and faith in your heart. I tell you what, you've got to stop looking at all the little things that really don't matter in life and just let them pass through to the keeper. You know what I'm saying? Because that attitude, hello, are you there this morning? You know, that attitude, if we get consumed, there's many things on a daily basis that want to consume you, this little thing and this little thing. Husbands and wives, stop jumping on each other for the little things. Just talk to each other. I don't like you not putting the cap on the toothpaste. If you don't like it, just talk. Don't let it build up in your heart. I don't, have, I don't like how you leave your jocks in the lounge room. I don't do that, by the way. But, you know, don't let it build up. Don't sweat the small stuff. Go and talk about it. Say, hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? See, Paul's saying, I'm not going to get upset with these people. Christ is being preached. I'm going to rejoice over that. Because it was a personal attack against Paul. And he died to those selfish ambitions and attitudes. Hey, you can't catch me out on that one. I'm dead to my egos and pride. And that's what Paul's saying. He was a bit undefendable. I was in a church service was at a church service met several about um, 10 years ago. I was there to preach. The pastor had ring me up and said, would you come and preach in our church? So I said, you know, yes, it was north of here, so I'm not glad. So I went to the church, Michelle and I, and, and Gabriel and Simone were about, um, probably about 10 and 12. And so we arrived well before time, but the pastor was really busy. That's okay. And so we, didn't, so we just kind of sat towards the back of the church. We had two little girls. We didn't want to disrupt the church service. And so we're sitting there. The service started. Uh, the drum, the, the whole band kicks in. And, and, and the church was like, oh, wow, you know, it's not really happening. People are just, I thought they're going to fall asleep standing up and so I'm, I, I thought gee you know and this worship leader was just going for it and he was trying to come on church come on they're like they'd been sucking on lemons for a week they just, and so I decided I'd you know I'd clap there were a few people so I thought I'd clap and so I just started to clap like that and after about 35 seconds of me clapping and singing this man in front of me turned around and this is what he said would you stop that My world was in, I was crushed. <laughs> he didn't like my clapping. Or maybe it was my singing. I will never know to this day because I didn't get a chance to say sorry. He just turned back around as quick as he turned the first time and just continued to stand there like a gorilla with weights on his shoulders. I thought, something, what's happening here? And you know what? I had a, I had a wonderful opportunity right there to get really offended. And for a moment... I thought, how dare he talk to me? I'm the preacher. He doesn't even. <laughs> I'm gonna go when I get up there. I'm gonna give him what for. And all, of, all of a sudden, I realized this came into my heart. If you have even an inkling of attitude on this little thing that's really happened, it's really a little thing. You're not gonna be able to preach God's anointing, or poor God. God's not gonna be able to speak to the body of Christ. So stop it. I said, God, I'm not the one you should be rebuking. And after about three minutes, I realized it was, just, it was just too petty to even be concerned about. That's what Paul says. It's too petty. Drop it. Get rid of it. Don't stop looking at all the small stuff and allowing it to screw you up on the inside. And so when I got up there and preached, I just went for it. And God was doing something and touching lives. And, 
and now in hindsight, I thought this gentleman is one of three things. Number one, he must have had the attitude, feel a bit embarrassed and humbled himself. Oh, shouldn't have done that to the visiting priest. I didn't know that was the guy. Or number two, he sat there tormented because he was angry with me. And he says, you know, he was upset because I was clapping too loud and he just sat there in misery. I don't know. I hope it was the former one that he just allowed God to touch his heart. To be honest, I didn't see him after the service. He'd gone pretty quickly, I think. I don't know. Maybe that's what he did. So I want to encourage us today. Paul was saying, don't be distracted from your... Here's, here's my third point. Okay, I didn't tell you the third point. But the third point is this. Don't be distracted by all the little things. Keep your priority. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep your priority on track. What's your pro- if your priority in the day is to live the day as a witness for Jesus, keep on track. Don't let things you know, hijack your joy or hijack your faith or hijack anything else. Stop looking at all the small stuff. Stop getting- That's what Paul was saying. Do we have faith, a joy-filled life today? Do we have that? God wants to add that. He wants to see breakthrough in your heart and life. And you know what? Have the perspective of don't focus on the difficulty. Have the purpose of all things can work together for good. And have the priority that doesn't allow you to be distracted by the little stuff in life. By the little stuff in life. Uh, Can we... Can we realize that? Can we allow that to sink in our hearts? This week, some of you are well aware, I got hacked on my Facebook page. Thank you for those who responded and said, I think you've been hacked. After the 54th time, I realized I'd been hacked. No, I knew pretty much straight away. But someone got, I opened a video of a, f- a friend and I thought, oh, he sent me something and I'm making connection with this guy. And I thought, oh God, this is good. So I'll, I'll, I'll open it up. And I didn't get too far and I didn't realize what it really was because it is, but I, it, it allowed that person who was hacking to get into my Facebook account and then send the same video to all of you guys and all around whoever else around the world. And, uh, and some other people got hacked as well because of, I didn't do it, of course. And neither did my friend do it to me. But the interesting thing about this is, you know what, all things work together for good. Is that true? And you know what, first of all, I felt really violated. Like someone had walked into my home and stolen stuff out of my drawers. Or done something like that. I feel, uh, and for a moment there, I had to deal with that. And I said, God, don't, I don't need to let this person make me feel that. So I kind of gave it over to God. But the truth is, at the end of the week, I'd contacted people and spoken to people all around the world who I'm friends with that I hadn't for a while. It was a good result. I talked to my friend Dion Hockey in South Africa. He got hacked because of me. <laughs> Poor Dion. I said, Dion, I am sorry. I, I got hacked because I didn't. He says, not a problem, brother. How do you speak South African? Um, he says, I understand. You got hacked. It's, it, it happened. <laughs> and then then a pastor in the Philippines, we connected and talked over that. She says, oh, you know, it was great to do that. And then, and then someone else, somewhere else. And so it was just a great result in the end. Got to communicate and talk with people. But, you know, what are you seeing today? What are you focusing on today? What are you giving attention to today? Can you see that God can work it all together for good? What, what's the situation unfolding today? You know, COVID really isn't an issue. But if you're feeling down about that or struggling with that or feel isolated, I tell you, don't, come on, let's see something greater than that. 
Let's see something better than that. Can we just stand? We're going to worship this morning. I'm going to pray for you at a moment. And, uh, but I'm just believing by faith. Come on, let's take a moment to give Him praise, to give Him honor, to worship Him and say, Father, change the perspective today. Help me to keep my priority today. Come on, help me to keep my purpose, what your purpose is today. Come on. Thanks, team. Give 